You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Eurosimos. What's up, everybody? Joel is allowing me to do the intro again today. Uh, this is episode 132 of the Here for Truth podcast. I'm Eurosimos. You all know Joel. Um, you know, we got another special episode for you today. Uh, we have the Biggleson brothers. Uh, they're carrying on the legacy of their father's work, uh, Do- Dr. Harvey Biggleson. And we're really exploring um, their work around holog- holographic blood, which is really, really fascinating. Uh, we're exploring terrain theory, but in a, I would say, a more unique way, a more focused way. Uh, and in this conversation, I think we, uh, we you know, we uh, counter certain myths that are out there um around you know covid around the, the events of the last few years and just love this conversation overall love the work that they're doing um so hopefully y'all enjoy it but before we bring them on want to let you know friends of the truth is our community you guys want to come hang out with joel and me uh in a community from around the world we got three calls a month we got a community call we have a live teaching we have guest teachers that come on we have a live q a with previous uh guests of our podcast um we got a telegram community where we we have a lot of fun and we talk shit and we learn and we get deep so if you guys are down for that um go to friends of the truth.co uh, absolutely love it love connecting with listeners of the podcast that just want to continue on their path of growing and staying empowered and you know doing the things that they want to do in life so check us out and uh yeah without further ado here's adam and josh all right, everybody, welcome back to episode 132 of the Here for the Truth podcast. Today, we have Adam and Josh Biggleson in the house with us. They are the sons of Dr. Harvey Biggleson, who was a pioneer in the world of holistic medicine and author of the groundbreaking books, Holographic Blood, and Doctors Are More Harmful Than Germs. Both brothers are international speakers, holistic wellness coaches, and educators for the Biggleson Academy. They also lecture and teach workshops with their sister, Leela. Adam Biggleson provides the latest research studies and technology to keep their method current and in the forefront of holographic blood readings. As an educator, Adam has helped to develop the curriculum used to teach these methods. He currently works in Mexico, where he and his team continue to offer the Biggleson method. He's also a music teacher and is involved in the world of sound therapy. As for Josh, um, he's worked side by side with Adam for over 15 years under the precision, under the precision training by his father and the famed Harvey Biggleson. Joshua does collaborative investigations, educational trainings, and works with Adam doing the holographic blood consultations. These days, Josh is learning more about the relationship with the soil of the earth and of our own terrain. First and foremost, big welcome. Thank you both for being here. Thanks for Thanks having for us. us. Yes. <laughs> nah, absolute pleasure. Um, as many of our listeners know, one way we always pretty much like to kick off these podcasts, particularly with first-time guests, is we just want to dive deep into, you know, I guess your major rites of passage, a bit about your hero's journey, and, you know, how you came to be in the position, I guess, where you guys are to educate on the things you're educating on. I'm assuming a lot of this story has to do with with your father as well. So I'm not sure who wants to take the lead and go first in terms of giving our audience an introduction as to how this came about. Yeah, I'll go, Josh. Sound good? Go for it. All right, jump in whenever you need to. Okay, so a little bit about our father. And, you know, for people listening, what we say a lot of times are things that people have never heard before or even the exact opposite of what people have heard before. But I have to tell you guys, what we say is not what we think. It's what we know from experience, from repeated experience. 
You know, our dad, initially, he was a, an eye surgeon. He was a Vietnam trauma surgeon. Um, he was rich and he was near suicidal because he had every, everything he needed and he wasn't happy. Um, and I remember him when I was younger. He was fat and we had junk food delivered to the house and it was awesome. Um, and then he found a different way. He found a way to help people. Um, and this story, this is an awesome story. And sometimes I get a little out of control with it because it's it's a real story. This guy lived some of these things, you know, you know, Bear Lando, and it's like he went to jail fighting for some of our freedoms. Our dad didn't, but he almost did, you know. But Josh, like I said, feel free to fill in some details if you want. Um, what happened with my father, though, was he saw lies of the medical system. He would ask questions in medical school and they would say, read the book. And he'd say, I think the book is wrong. And he went to Vietnam and he saw the lies that the government was saying. And he started to question the government. He also had a 98% survival rate at his hospital in Vietnam, which wasn't happening in the hospitals in the United States. So he's questioning a lot of things, all right? And he's a very high-functioning individual. At one point, though, uh, I get sick. I get very sick. And my dad had realized there was a different way. And he went from Western medicine, big cut and pay, moved us out to Arizona, and he went to work at an ARE clinic, which is an Edgar Casey clinic. And our dad's a real numbers guy, right brain, left brain. I can't remember which brain. Left brain. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so as he gets into this new world with Edgar Casey, he read all of Edgar Casey's medical readings and he saw patterns. You know, our dad's hero was Sherlock Holmes. He considered himself a medical detective. And now he's in this new world and he's seeing patterns. At one point, though, I get sick and dad finds this doctor, a German doctor working on an Indian reservation hiding out. He actually flew in the Luftwaffe, right? An ex-Nazi, right? Comes in to work with our Jewish father on my case. Um, long story short, microscope, blood, miracles happen. Dad says, come work with me. Learns a little bit from this guy. That guy disappears. Another teacher comes in. Dad learned from two teachers and we have hired private detectives and we do not know where these people learned this work from. Yeah, it's really interesting. At this wow. point, we're, we're the only ones in the world who do this work this way. If there's anyone out there talking about holograms in the blood, it's because they heard of our father's work. He did this for 40 years almost. Now, as time went on with dad and he found this awesome way, he gets attacked. Dad was solicited by Medicare because of his success. And he said, I don't know how to code things. And they showed him how to code things. And a few months later, he was brought up on Medicare fraud charges. So they set him up. You know, we oh, had, they set him up because what he would code things, and then they they attack him for the, the for coding. coding. Did. Well, at yes. this point, he was going more into alternative medicine, and he was doing really well doing it. So yeah, Medicare came to the office that said you sign up for Medicare, and he said, "Oh, okay." And then they came back and said, "We don't understand your codes. Code things like this." And then they brought him up on code violation charges, and mm -hmm. it was something like 178 counts, totaling a whole seventeen hundred dollars in fraud. And it was a felony and it was forced to give up his license. Right. At the, the same, at the same time, Senator Bill Frist had a $600 million Medicare misdemeanor of, for fraud charges. $600 million, it was a misdemeanor. Dad had $1,700 felony, taking your license away. So he yeah. was targeted. Well, and he did Typical of anyone challenging the narrative, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, and he did these things. You know, at one point, he was brought up on charges of curing someone by illegal means. So we have documentation that the AMA, it was the AMA versus Harvey Bigelson. Our dad was the first doctor in medical history to single-handedly beat the American Medical Association in the legal battle. And they accused him of, of curing someone illegally. 
So if you're listening to this, that means they did not care the person got better. Mm-hmm. You even right? said that in the notes. It, the yes, documentation, it says they did not care that the person got better. They only cared that he didn't do it their way scientifically. Yeah. But he did. He got attacked. He he helped people. He was rich. They took his money. Um, he was on Dateline in the 90s, and they made him look horrible. He's been on Coast to Coast with George Norrie a few times. He's on Guy MTV a few times. Uh, Arizona was the first state that had a law that separated the AMA from the HMA, which is the American Holistic Medical Association. And our father wrote that law. So he really legitimized alternative medicine. He gave out the first holistic medical the homeopathic. license. He, he gave out Thank the you. first homeopathic medical license in the United States. When was this time period? 80s? 19, okay. Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, oh, wow. we got that. I think it was 80s. Yeah. 81, 81. And, and listen to this, guys. What they did. Somehow he was allowed to play the game. They actually, you know what they did? They raised their fees, him and his friends, and they paid a lobbyist. This is how democracy works, right? You pay off the lobbyist. Um, But they had their own FDA. My dad and these guys did something where basically the AMA had no say over them. And they grandfathered in all these homeopathic remedies. And the district attorney at one point said to our father, you keep using this word holistic. What does it mean? So he actually defined the word holistic for the Arizona legal system. And he included things like homeopathy and acupuncture and osteopathy and chiropractic. And what he did too, guys, with this law is he made sure homeopaths, at that point in the 80s, anyone could call themselves a homeopath. He made sure they had anatomy background, that they had some actual training. There was so much inconsistency. So as far as his history, he did some real things. You know, he traveled the world at one point. Burton Goldberg took him and some people around the world to experience alternative therapies and treatments. And that's when he went with Gaston Naissons in Canada and looked at that live blood for the first time in his life. And he said he got chills. He'd never seen that before. And he, our father, was the third doctor in U.S. history to look at the blood live. So as far as experience and who are people listening to these days with microscopic images, it's ironic that some people have marketing teams and things like that, and everyone listens to sensationalism, but, you know, we're just a couple of brothers that uh, have 40 years of experience with patterns and things like that. What was it like growing up with a man like your father? It was, it was interesting because, uh, who was it? It was Tom Cowan or Kaufman asked us, um, when did we first learn about the terrain? You know, because that's just kind of what we teach. Now there's a whole movement with terrain theory and things like that. Well, we grew up in it. We never knew anything different. You know, we were, we were never taught it. It was just part of how we grew up, not being afraid of germs and things like that. Um, for, for me, he was already getting into this medicine when I was, you know, getting to be a, of age, basically. So, yeah, for, for me, I never knew anything different. This is just the way we grew up. You know, my, my soccer teams would come to him for physicals because he wouldn't grab their balls and make them cough. You know, <laughs> um, he fixed half my soccer team of asthma when I was young. You know, just with a couple of treatments, you know, so it was it was always. I, I didn't know anything different. It was probably only until about seven or eight years ago when we got raided and our clinic got shut down. And I went to work for alternative practitioners in Seattle, where I realized that not everybody's doing it the way my dad did it. And it was a really demoralizing experience and a pretty intense experience. But it was the first time in my life, I think it was 2015, 2016, where I realized, well, doctors aren't necessarily getting people better whether it was traditional or alternative, they, they weren't, they were selling supplements or they were given drugs. And it was the same model. If they were given them supplements, they were just green allopaths. 
right? So it, it was the same model as the pharmaceutical companies, but they were giving you supplements for each leaf on the tree. So yeah, it was an interesting upbringing. It was only until, uh, I guess, 2016, 2017, where I started to feel like an alien, you know? And then of course, the last three years well, what went on, incredibly isolating, you know, it totally felt like, uh, does anybody out there get it? You know, and, and we found as we kind of navigated the last couple of years that everybody's an authority on what's best for my health without knowing who I am. Right. And that's, yeah. that's, that's for traditional and alternative medicine, both, you know, they were both telling you, you have to do this, you have to do that. And it was just, it's been an interesting ride. I'll give it that. Yeah. So, so you're growing up and this is just kind of the status quo for you, understanding the things that your, your father discovered. So like when movies like Outbreak and other movies like that came out, were you just like with your friends like, yo, that's bullshit. Like, what is this? Yeah, you'll laugh. This is you. No one's asked us that question. It's a good question. You know, growing up with dad was funny. Uh, I remember when I was 13 and they took me to the osteopath. And I lay on the table and this guy's got his hands on my head, you know, and I'm going, what the hell is this guy doing? And after about 10 minutes, my body goes, oh. And I went to school the next day and I'm like, hey, to my friends, you guys know when you go to the osteopath and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, what are you, what are you talking about? But there was a point, you know, our dad was funny. He was weird. He was interesting. He was always there, you know. So my friends would ask him questions and he would answer. And it was interesting because after our dad passed away, a lot of my friends reached out and they said, you know, your dad taught me so much as a kid with these little common sense things that he told people. And as you know, our family was Jewish, which is funny, not that we're extremely religious, but every Friday night, Anyone's invited over for dinner. Everyone. You know, and our dad was, he was like a surrogate dad to a lot of people. But he, I didn't realize that. A lot of people just randomly, you know, throughout our lives, growing up next to us, were affected by him. And, and he was definitely, he loved what he did. I remember as a kid, him coming home from work when we were in Arizona, and him saying, this patient came in and they had this, and we tried this, and this happened, and then we did this, and this, so now I know this, you know, and it was like, he was so excited about what he was doing and watching the clinics, you know, our dad would have treated people for free, you know, in the, end, a yeah, lot. <laughs> in the end, it was funny because there's a book I have about why most small medical practices fail. And it's because the doctor thinks he's the businessman, but he's not the businessman. And, you know, for people listening, you see us out, Josh and I are awesome. We've got a lot of stuff going on. This has been a real struggle. You know, our dad got attacked. He was attacked on Dateline, national TV, when there was only like five channels way back then. You know, and he fought for people and got them their licenses. And when it was time for them to defend him, they didn't. And as a kid, we watched all this. You know, it was a very unique upbringing, to say the least. And it's, it is ironic when we felt like aliens. The virus thing hits and I'm like, I don't remember dad ever talking about viruses. We didn't, we didn't treat them. They weren't a problem. They're not, they're not of any consequence. I remember him talking about HIV because he didn't see a pattern with that. Dad was all about patterns. And that was the one thing he thought was maybe man-made if something is going that direction. But yeah, growing up with him was, it was awesome. I mean, looking back, he wasn't the easiest guy in the world. He was pissed. <laughs> I mean, if he was alive during the pandemic, oh, he'd have been famous and in jail and he would be ripping masks off people's faces. And he would have gotten arrested. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think this is the case, though. When you look back at history, you look at people who are pioneers, like really pioneers in a new field and challenge a status quo. Like, you know, they're a unique type of personality. I mean, even think of someone like Wilhelm Reich, you know, or these other 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 characters in the past. Like, they're you know, I mean, they're they're not to be fucked with. 
in a lot no. of ways. No, dad was a little guy with a big chip on his shoulder. When he was in high school in inner city New York and Brooklyn, they wouldn't let him try out for the football team. He got to try out his junior year and he became the captain of the football team. Right? This little Jewish guy, five foot something, these big guys would get off the bus and laugh at him. And he said, there were Heisman Trophy winners, people that went on to win Heisman trophies that had shook our dad's hand because of the way he was on that field. Real life Rudy. Real life Rudy. Totally. Yeah, Harvey. Harvey. (laughs) Yeah. um, But he was, he really enjoyed what he did. And it was all about the patterns. And I got to tell you guys, too, he didn't believe what he was seeing initially with the blood. It took him about a year. You know, and as far as us, when we start to train people, we're not really training people. We're teaching people the philosophy behind what we do, because the people we've trained have looked at holograms and done stupid things. You know, they've told people they need to take antibiotics and kill bugs in their teeth. And we really need to work with people that have integrity and want to help. For our dad, it was very he was very alone, you know, except with the people. If you needed him, you know yourself better than anyone. And what we do is we look at the blood and we just interpret what your body is saying. And everyone is unique, totally unique. Dad would say 10 people with prostate cancer. And dad was very famous for his cancer work, which is a very real diagnosis. 10 people with prostate cancer for 10 different reasons. And his conclusion with chronic disease, first of all, is a label a doctor gives you because they don't know how to fix you, right? So why go to them? If you want a second opinion, go to a different modality, different some person. But <clears throat> the idea of going to these experts who've never fixed anything, they label you as chronic and they haven't helped you. You know, so dad wanted to just be with people. He was learning from every individual. And when people saw their blood, you knew most of the time what you were seeing before dad would tell you, because you do know yourself better than anybody. But we lie to ourselves all the time. You see this image, and, and it's funny because this guy's like, that's my prostate. Yep, it's your prostate. But when you see these images, it comes right out of your body. We're not there to lie to you. We have no, there's nothing good about us lying to you. We're not selling you products at all. We're educating you. But when you see it, and the mind goes, oh my God, and the connections happen, that consciousness experience changes things right away. And I think that's for Josh and I growing up, we were very conscious. I envy people who are not so conscious sometimes. <laughs> it would have to be, it's got to be much easier. I mean, yeah, the last few years, especially without them, you know, I've been doing the microscope work for probably 20 plus years now, and I literally have nobody to talk to about it. There's nobody I can ask questions to. I can bring in some osteopath friends or some doctor friends who know their anatomy and they can help me a little bit with it. But in general, he always talked about, you know, feeling like he was on an island and here we are teaching his work and we feel like we're on the same island. And this whole terrain movement has popped up. And initially for me, I was really excited because this is something that needs to come to the forefront. You know, nobody's ever talked about it. We've talked about the terrain paradigm in the past and people are like, what the hell are you talking about? But now you have people who are in authorities on it who have no practical experience using it in any way, shape or form. It's totally theoretical. Right. So the only thing we're doing is speaking from experience. I didn't go to college. I've just got a bunch of years behind a microscope that I grew up with this crazy dad who's, you know, fixing things that shouldn't be fixed. Right. But I've got the experience. So when you hear Adam and I talk, we're only speaking from experience. It's not theoretical. And there's a lot we don't know. Dad was very diligent about letting me know that you have to be honest about what you know and honest about what you don't know. So I'll look at the blood. The answer is always there. It takes me a while to get to those 
you know, get the answer sometimes. A lot of the holograms I won't know, and that's fine. A lot of the holograms I'll never know. But the last thing I'm going to do is guess, because if I'm guessing, then that's not going to help the client, right? So usually the puzzle pieces will come together. Sometimes a couple of days later, I'll go back to the pictures, and it'll make a lot of sense for me. But yeah, it's been a very unique upbringing in that. So it's really been awesome to see terrain come to the forefront. But now we're seeing people who are authorities on it with no practical experience. Now they're trying to sell you a detox. So they're trying to sell you the, the, you know, some supplements and things like that. And that's not what the train is all about. Yeah. When did your father pass away? Um, 2019. Oh, okay. So just right before... He knew it was coming and said, the hell with this, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, I've, I've done my job. I've been speaking yeah. about this stuff for, for decades. Like, no, yeah. you, got, you guys have fun. He earned his way out, man, just in time. Yeah, we, we don't believe in coincidences and the way things went down. It was, he was ready and it was our turn to do things, you know, and I'll tell you this too, guys, with all this stuff, there's so many things we can address and talk about. But the one of the biggest things is there is a lot of hope, you know, with the body is an amazing thing. And what it can do when we support it is incredible. You know, and there's so much fear right now. One of the things, our business is the business of hope, that you can be better physically, energetically, emotionally, and spiritually. If you don't believe you can get better, we can't help you. That's a big deal. And right now, there's so much fear and confusion out there. If we can, what our dad said was, health is simple. People are complicated. And we do the KISS principle. Keep it simple and sustainable. Not keep it simple, stupid, because you're not stupid. Simple and sustainable. If you look at health just by sympathetic and parasympathetic, are you resting and recuperating? That's important. You know, and the looking at just observing things. One of my friends said, I, I don't know who to listen to. And I said, just observe and remove what's inconsistent. There are so many things going on right now where you see inconsistencies. And if you just start to remove that, you filter things and you see some truth. And this is what our dad did. He just observed over and over. It was very conscious, not believing at first, but putting these things together. And we can do this. Our job is to educate and empower people so they can take charge of their health care. And I think that's one reason this pandemic happened. They made doctors heroes and they don't know anything. That's a hundred year failure, the germ theory of disease. They haven't fixed anything, one chronic disease, the cure or cause in over a hundred years. And the reality is they just say, we can't fix it. So it's chronic. And as a child, I looked up chronic diseases at one point. And our father had worked with almost all of them, if not all of them. But that's what I found out lower back pain is a chronic disease. It's like, come on, people. Lower back pain makes a lot of sense. We've done a lot of this, you know, but it's really, there's hope for people that are listening. Chemtrails, they're there. The amount of the environment it takes up compared to the energy of the earth and us. And I've done experiments with the router, you know, and looking at my blood before and after and blood with tinfoil around it and things like that. And we are amazing. These things that we're seeing now, I appreciate the pandemic for bringing these things up. I know kids that read with blindfolds. You know, I know breatharians that have lived for years without eating, right? We can do our own food. I have a few chickens. I'm, I'm, I have chickens. I have, wow, I never had fresh eggs for breakfast. I have chickens too. My wife and I have 11. Dude, yeah. isn't it awesome? These are the little things. And this is, and you know what that does for me when I, I talk to my chickens and they feed me and this is so much better than going to the damn grocery store. And that, that feeling when people do that their first time, we can see their blood change. 
Our father said, uh, one of the things that's more profound than anything as far as changing your pH and changing your blood is joy. Mm. Change your blood immediately. Well, when you think of like joy, it feels so expansive. It feels like it flows, whereas the opposite is contraction, you know? And so like these things, when we disconnect from nature, I think they just create more stagnation in our bodies. So if we're out there playing with chickens, eating food, like we're just like, you know, we're going with the flow of life, of nature, and then that impacts us. Yes. And that's one of our big things we've been harping on lately is somewhere along the line, people thought we were separate than nature right that that we're above nature we're trying to improve on nature doctors are trying to improve on nature farmers are trying to improve on nature and what are they doing you know they're creating giant watermelons with no vitamins whatsoever in them you know is what they're doing so we've been really you know i've been getting more into the soil these days we've been working with some regenerative farmers and it's much easier working with them because it's like you're preaching to the choir right so i can go and it's we've always used the analogy of our inner soil if our inner soil is happy, then good things grow. And if the soil is lousy, then we start to have issues. Um, one of the, our dad had a whole list of Orwellian words, which was great. Um, pathogenic, all right? Everything is pathogenic these days, right? Pathogenic just means out of balance. That, that's all it means. There's no such thing as bad bacteria, even the alternative movement. Bad bacteria, we have good bacteria and bad bacteria. It's all good bacteria. And it's there to do a job based on what your body is dictating, Right. If, if there's too much of a certain bacteria, it's because there's stagnation there and the bacteria is being created to clean up that area. Okay, now they call it pathogenic. Here's your antibacterial, right? And they kill all the bacteria. So now you're overloaded with shit because there's nothing there to help clean up the system, right? So now the body's bringing in parasites. Oh, non-parasites are your problem. No, the parasites doing the same thing in your body as they're doing in the soil. They're cleaning and stimulating the tissue. They're cleaning and stimulating the soil. It's pretty wild in like the alternative health movement. Like there's this demonization of the worst thing or parasites. You must do the parasite cleanse. Germs are us. That's my t-shirt right there. It's, Germs it's, are it's us. amazing. And it's, it's, I've harped on it a lot in the past, but it totally offends me. <laughs> you know, I mean, these things are there to help you. Every single farmer thinks it's good to have worms in your garden. Why is it not good in your body? And this is the simple, simple what happens. Okay. We get, we've got garbage that's being filtered from our system. The body creates bacteria to go clean up that garbage. The waste product of bacteria is nutrients for your body. There's always nutrients in the soil. It cannot be processed until the bacteria and the microbiology come. They clean up the soil. Now the waste product is nutrients for the soil. It's, waste, it's nutrients for your body. Now, if we have an over-proliferation of them, right, become pathogenic, right? The bacteria's waste product gets gobbled up by other bacteria because they're all fighting in there. So now the body creates the parasite. The parasite is like the fish tender, right? So the parasite comes and processes the bacteria on a much higher scale and processes those nutrients for our body, right? So if we're going to go kill that too, now the body's creating a fungus, right? Now we're starting to actual mold. The body, the mold is still trying to clean the system, but it's also helping you decompose now. Right. right. So the beauty of it is it's, it's, it's very symbiotic. So the body creates the bacteria. This is pleomorphism for people who aren't familiar. With we need it. a visual yeah. for that, by the way, Josh, that would be awesome. You know, well, before, before yeah. we get into that, I mean, let's give people some context with the basic premise of what holographic blood even is. Sure. Good idea. 
Cool, Joel. I appreciate that. All a man right. of few words shows up with the yes, with the, the good direction. Gotta, for gotta keep steering the ship right, mate. That's it. Stay Please. on target. <laughs> oh, we'll jive all over the place. It's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so the basis for the holographic blood work. Yes, what we do is we look at one drop of blood that is capillary blood. So capillary blood, only one red cell can fit through at a time. This is very important for people that are seeing images these days bigger than a red cell with people making claims based on those images. Okay. As we look at the blood, we look at the basics. We look at the red cells, the white cells, the platelets, and the symbionts, the bions, the activity that's going on in the background there, those little microscopic guys moving around. <clears throat> Looking at the red cells, the basics, we can tell a lot. If the blow is low oxygen in, things like that. If things stick together, there's the rouleau that people talk about. That's And actually, um, you know what? This is a good time for me to pull up a few pictures, if that's cool. Go for it. Okay. So that people talk about... Show some of the bions first, Adam. Okay, um, I can. I'm not sure how well they'll come across as far as moving on the screen, because you know how that works. So the very basis, this is all, uh, the work is based on Antoine Bechamp, um, who came up with the theory of pleomorphism. And I don't know if you guys, can you see those little particles dancing around there? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think those are the single most important things that there are, maybe in existence. I think those little particles create all life as we know it. Okay. They exist in animals, minerals, plants. Anything with life will have these particles. And Wilhelm Wright called them bions. So that's the easiest way to you know, recognize them. They've been called somatids, sympertides, microzymas. So what happens is when the body's flowing, it's, it's flowing like a nice river. All right? Everything's in balance. But we throw a few dams in the river. Now we've got a stagnant pond. And now our pH has changed. And those little bions there, they then change also. They morph into bacteria. So now the body is creating a specific bacteria to do a very specific job. So the bions will, will be there all the time. They'll create bacteria when it's needed. If we don't fix the stagnation, then the pH is continuing to shift. And now the bacteria then morphs into a fungus. So we've gone from acute areas to now chronic issues. Now, the beauty of it is it can be reversed. We've seen this chart being used to scare people into thinking they have spirochetes that they can never get rid of, and it can't be reversed. So the beauty is, when you actually balance the system out, the fungus morphs back into a bacteria and bend them back into a healthy little biome. So there's a beautiful symbiosis that goes on. But I believe those things create all life as we know it. Can you just define pleomorphism as just the ability for one thing to shift to another? Is, is... Yep. Based on the terrain. Okay. <clears throat> the terrain will dictate what it's morphing into. Yeah. You know, we've heard and people like um, Bear and Artur Sala talk about even elements morphing. And it's the same. It's the same thing. They can change. This is alchemy. And, li right? and life doesn't have to come from life. Life can come from something without life, which is a really cool thing as well. Um, but those little somatids, those bions, they are pure life. And yes, pleomorphism is the ability of life to change based on the terrain. Well, and these guys... One of the easiest ways to explain it, one of the easiest ways to explain it is locusts. Now I learned this recently that locusts actually form from grasshoppers. Grasshoppers will turn into locusts when there's no food. So they actually morph into locusts and then swarm to go look for food everywhere. So that's pleomorphism at its finest. That's man-made pleomorphism. We destroy the environment, the grasshoppers are going to turn to locusts and then go eat anything they can find. Right. And this chart, this is, it says aerobiosis. This is the pleomorphism chart. What we've learned too is as the symbiont, the bion, it starts to morph and adapt and change. And like Josh said, there's a point in time where it becomes this fungus 
Uh, there's something that we've used, um, Nodakil is what we would call it. It's actually the waste product of penicillin. We've used it for years. It's an isopathic remedy, okay? And people that are allergic to penicillin, no side effects, nothing, no problems with it at all. It's created in our body by this pleomorphic process. We do this ourselves. The reality is we literally have all that we need. If our terrain is balanced, we really can do these. We produce our own penicillin. And the isopathics, we use seven different remedies. They're all produced in the body through this process. And we're learning more about that. You know, our dad did a lot of things and we spent a lot of time with our head in the microscope, but we're learning more now that we can connect with people like Berlando and things like that. So, and to complete our little process, as we look at this, we look at the blood, you'll see things like this is your Rouleau, but Rouleau is, there's sticky blood, low oxygen. When we look at the blood, we look at the best spot first, because your cells can be up to a day old or up to 120 days old. The younger cells are towards the center, the older cells towards the edge. So if we go to towards the edge of most people's blood, we're going to see this image. If we see this all over your slide, we know you have a problem. This is where people, they'll send us images and says, what do you think of this? And the reality is we have to see the whole drop. We have to look at the person. You know, you can't just isolate like this. this it doesn't work that way. So we're looking at high white counts, which is great. Josh is actually matched lab tests before, which is pretty interesting, just by looking at the blood with the microscope. Uh, lab results, he was pretty close to the white count. Platelets are a unique one for us. And I just heard this one, dad, Josh, uh, dad saying, the size of the platelet for us is how we monitor your inflammation. A platelet is, is a, has no human DNA in it. We believe it's a plant that lives within us symbiotically. All right, this is a unique one. And what happens is what dad noticed is with the size of the platelet, he could determine whether your issue was more chronic inflammation or more acute inflammation. At the same time, the amount of platelets. And he said, when I heard this interview recently, nobody, they platelet count, but they do not count the size of the platelets. If you have this giant megakaryocyte, that's something going on. And for us, this one on the bottom right is actually in the shape of the liver. There's inflammation mm. in the liver. This is what patterns our dad saw that way. Okay. Um, yeah, this, you have this in your body, there's inflammation. If it's before a treatment, we know you have trapped inflammation. And as far as how the body heals, first it excretes, and then it becomes inflamed. And if inflammation doesn't work, you become inflamed, things back up and deposit. And now you have a problem. It's a big thing for us. Inflammation is such a hot word out there. And inflammation is how we heal. Mm -hmm. Anti-inflammatory actually means anti-healing. Okay. Yeah. And so, would you say that, oh no, continue, continue. No, go for it. I was going to say, would you say that like when people turn to, you know, pharmaceuticals or even supplements to a certain degree, they're interrupting the healing process? Absolutely. If you're killing bacteria, you're interrupting the body's natural processes and you're leaving a weakened body to clean it up. So absolutely. Pharmaceuticals are all suppressants. None of them are designed to stimulate anything. And what do these, what the farmers say about supplementing the soil? Yeah, they found that when they supplemented the soil that the, the plants developed very shallow roots. So the roots were not going down to seek mycorrhizal fungal relationships right so they develop shallow roots same thing happens in our body right if we're, if we're supplementing you know supplementing something the body's not absorbing anyways first of all then it's inhibiting micro micro microbial connections in your body so yeah long term can be a, a real real issue for you you know and, and you know when people are taking a supplement how many people do you know taking vitamin c supplements that haven't eaten a damn orange in two years you know <laughs> 
and and they're, and they're and they're doing vitamin C capsules in such a dose that does not exist in nature. So this is now man thinking they can improve on nature. What do you say to the people? Because I I'm not a fan of supplements. You know, maybe once in a while I've taken a targeted supplement back in the days, but I just kind of like doing my thing. But what do you say to the people that go, listen, our soil isn't what it used to. The, the fruits and vegetables that we're eating aren't getting, we're not getting the same nutrition from them. So there needs to maybe be some targeted supplementation. What's your thought on that? Well, I think they're right and they're wrong all at the same time. They're absolutely have right. Have they tried? Well, well, have they tried first? Well, well like, have they been eating oranges and are they still deficient? Well, no, what, what, what they're saying, what he's saying though, Adam, is the soil so poor that they're, they're, they're creating oranges with no vitamin C these days. There, there's our wonderful process going on. Right, right. Um, so no, but in general, most towns, there's a farmer's market. You know, you yeah. got to get out to your farmer's market. You got to start growing the soil, growing the plants yourself, but it's a real problem. But if you're on the supplements long-term, I think it's going to cause issues for you as far as how the body is connecting um, in its microbial universe. So it's, it's a problem, but there's answers out there. There's always a farmer's market. Go to your farmer, you know, support them, with the real farmers anyways, the ones who are growing it and doing it the right way and supporting nature as opposed to attacking it. Well, yeah. And that's, yeah, a recent, recent speech with our School of Health is living without excuses. You know, you got some space, grow something. It's a valid mm -hmm. argument, but there, there's different answers than going to buy your supplement out of, a, uh, out of a bottle. Not to mention most of the supplement companies are owned by pharmaceutical companies. No, no, I hear you there. I mean, I think what you, what you just, what you just said, Adam, in terms of just like, if you have a little bit of space, just start the process, you know, start learning about soil. You yeah. know, I know Joel says this very often, the whole, the old, the old hermetic axiom as above, so below as within, so without. So you think about like, oh, parasites are bad, but then our soil has it. And so it's like, why are yeah. we not realizing and seeing this relationship with nature in that regards? Right. And it's an easy flip, guys. And it's not terrain theory. It's paradigm. This is These are the laws of nature. It's an easy flip. If you just look, like I'm working with children at a Waldorf school, and they get it. And I don't have to now unteach them things. You know, this makes sense. The Mexican farmer that has no, no money and nothing is healthy and lives to 100 years old. And he gets it. You know, mm -hmm. this is very simple. It's too simple for most doctors. But the reality is, people, if we do what we got to do and balance and and try certain things, grow something, you're going to see a change in yourself physically, energetically, emotionally, spiritually, and holistically, we become different. This is what we're going through. It's important. I appreciate this pandemic because it's let the whole world know there's nothing more valuable than your health. Your money doesn't make a difference, you know, and the reality is. It doesn't work unless you do your part. This is what we've taught. And people would say to our dad, fix me, doc. And he'd say, no, 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 I don't fix anybody. Nobody cures you. No one gets you sick. You need, you've been a part of the problem. You need to be a part of the solution. Yeah. I'm grateful for what happened, you know, a few years ago, what's been happening because it's allowed, you know, people like us to connect and other people that have been challenging things and, and also allowing for ideas like holographic blood or, or other systems out there that challenge the German theory model to like, you know, become more accepted because people are like, huh, what's this all about? Like, I'm curious, like never have we heard the term virus more than we ever have in the last few years. Right. And it's, you know, for us, we're these guys, we just want to look at blood and teach people, you know, we don't right now. It's like our infrastructure can't handle massive amounts of, you know, my microscope is a little old. And if I have an issue, I don't have a backup right now. We need microscopes. Uh, we're going to put it together a microscope fund, by the way, Josh. I'm finally mentioning that. We're finally going to ask people for some help with these things. But the reality is we, we are connecting with more people than ever. And the right people. You know, for me, if a virus is information that causes the body to adapt on a global scale, we're going through an adaptation. 
I appreciate it. I want to live in a world with less stupidity. And ignorance is lining itself up to shoot itself, literally. I mean, if it's a war, people are shooting themselves. You know, it's unfortunate that I know some of them, but I can, on a higher level, appreciate the soul that has come here to sacrifice itself so that the rest of us can see something, you know. Um, intense times, but our work, if nothing else, it makes sense. And it's never, trust me, I know what I'm talking about because I'm an expert. Yeah. Well, people have called us future medicine, but no, everything we talk about is old stuff that worked. Well, and mm-hmm. let me show uh, just a couple more pictures too, because then we're done with the holograms and you got your... Yeah, ideas. because I'm, I'm curious to, yeah, I want to know about like the holograms that pop up, what they look like, how do you get that image to come forth? What's your process? Because there's other things called live blood analysis. I went to like an ac- a Korean acupuncturist who took a slide of my blood and isolated it and then told me a few things. So I'm curious also the differences between what you do and what other people do when they're exploring yeah there's there's huge differences um we've tried to separate ourselves as much as possible from the live cell community there's so much inconsistency out there um it was apparent that my father was taught very very different when live cell came over here i was kind of bastardized and we're not going to bring up any, any names but basically they're making a lot of false guesses so they could sell you a supplement most of the time the system is basically designed to sell you a supplement They'll say, oh, this red cell is misshaping because of vitamin so-and-so deficiency. Here's your vitamin, right? They label everything as parasites or candida. So it's a really, they give you these such broad answers that it can't be right, but it can't be wrong, but it's certainly not right. So for us, we've seen people take a two-day workshop, Xerox the manual, and then then teach the class themselves. Mm. So there, there has to be some people who've learned along our lines, but we have not met them yet. So no, for thanks. us... Yep, go on, Adam. It's frustrating, but you know, I'm working on this speech simply because we're trying to be as as non-judgmental as possible. But there's things happening right now with images we know what they are, and it's kind of like making a mockery of what we've done. Yeah. And we really know what the hell is going on. You know, nothing personal. I'm I like I'm a music teacher. This isn't rocket science, people. You can learn about your health and you can help yourself. Dad cured cancer or help people cure their cancer with this terrain experience and the blood was just the tool he used to learn how the body truly works now live blood analysis and what we do is the same microscope it's a dark field microscope in the united states the term dark field is actually owned by the center for disease control and you're not allowed to use it okay now live blood analysis people don't get in trouble because they didn't get the results we got dad got in trouble but dad also wrote a book called doctors are more harmful than germs and made fun of doctors in some way shape or form now what we do, though, live blood analysis is nutritional microscopy. Um, it looks at deficiencies, gives you supplements. We actually, I know, I have a doctor that worked with our father that worked directly with one of the people who developed live blood, uh, live blood analysis and never saw him with a microscope. There's some consistencies and inconsistencies. What we do, however, we can look at a drop of your blood. We can see there's a scar that is pulling your body out of alignment, putting pressure on an organ that's affecting your emotions. Right? We're seeing physical issues, energetic issues, emotional issues. With Dr. Emoto's work with the water crystals, what he did, he tried to do with the blood first, but he wasn't able to do it, which we didn't realize. When he found out about our father's work, he was thrilled because we see emotions in the blood. All the information mm-hmm. is there. It's awesome. Live blood analysis, is a, it's a little bit of a trigger for us because it's the microscope. It's people that are geared, you know, as someone now is saying, why should I take your course instead of live blood analysis? Well, you can take a three or four day workshop, people, in live blood analysis. And at this point with us, you got to take our 13 week course and we'll see if we might train you. Mm. you know, nothing personal, but this is, there's a lot of, I'm seeing right now, guys, 
unnecessary treatments based on hypotheses from an inconsistent modality. That's as best as I can say that. Okay. Um, in the end, it's about results. And supplements, you should not have to take for the rest of your life. If you have something that's a Band-Aid, that, you know, if you can put a Band-Aid on the dam while we get to the back and fix your true root cause, then cool. But for us, if you have not seen us, you have not experienced what we do. Um, I'll show you a couple more of these pictures. The let's debris. get past the debris and the streaking and things like yeah. that. I'm just showing them a couple of pictures. pictures. Well, I just want yeah, to say... Yeah, let's, get, let's get into the... Yeah, yeah let's go, go past those. Yeah. <laughs> okay, straight to the point. Um, yeah. Homotoxicology, if people don't know about that, they should learn about it. We'll get back to that some other day. <laughs> uh, bones are physical issues. They look very specific in the blood, okay? This right here, by the way, see this air bubble? Or wait, 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 no, I'm wrong. This is are these are these covid crystals i think these are covid crystals i think this is graphene right wrong yeah wrong wrong yeah. this is an air bubble and this is dirt this is the result of me not taking a good drop of blood right now guys there are images being shared that are dirt and people are freaking out about graphene and i gotta tell you the original graphene guy pablo compra who wrote the first paper Bought a microscope after meeting us. All right. And then that Ricardo from Quita Columna, uh, my girlfriend Anna has known him for years. He's made he's making, he's telling people things based on microscope images, and he doesn't even know what he's talking about. And the world is believing him. Yeah, that, that, I wanted to ask you that because you know, post vaccine, <laughs> there's all these images coming out, and people are saying it's this, it's that, it's the other, and it's just stoking more fear. But then that fear is based on you know misinformation. It's the same shit on the other side, and it's all about no, not having the fear these days, okay? We're good. There's things going on that we should be concerned about, and we should do something about, definitely. Uh, my girlfriend is, I mean, it's ironic that she's my girlfriend, but Anna Maria Oliva is a part of the end of COVID, and Brandon Murphy just interviewed her. She is the only one I know right now, guys, that worked in a nanobiotechnology laboratory, right? So she worked with microchips, implanting them into things, and she knows how this works. And it's not what people are saying, all right? None of that is what is, is going on. Back to what we're doing, because we want to focus on mm -hmm. answers and solutions. And right? it, it, is, has, sorry, it has been a big annoyance these days with the live cell <sighs> people showing these images that are definitely not what they're claiming they are. Definitely not. I mean, yeah, they're calling dirt on a slide COVID crystals. It's, right? I'm laughing my head off. Slide. <laughs> and they're challenging. Someone is sending me this woman's work and saying, what do you think of her work? And I said, why don't you send her my work and ask her what she thinks of my work? Uh, and she sends out, I got a, I have a friend that gets emails from these people once a day with this bullshit. Anyways, eh, hope on a yeah, what, what do you need to do to get that image? Like what, what's, what's happening for you that to show to, up? You take one drop, you put it on the damn microscope and you, you get your ego the hell out of the way and you observe. Okay. And we said this, even Lando said this, you know, Josh has been hanging out with Bear Lando. He needs a microscope. We need to find one. And I think I have one that'll work. We just need the money to buy it to make sure. And then he'll get one and we'll start to collaborate. He said way back, he would see images and he would say, you know what, this looks like something, but I think it's maybe a flashback. You know, Lando's awesome. He's like, maybe I, yeah, this looks like a brain, but maybe I just smoked too much weed the other day. Um, but he's right. And things, people look at these things, and the thing is this, when you take these courses, there's an overwhelming amount of detail information that you miss the forest through the trees. 
All right. You have to look at the whole picture and get a big picture. If we have our way, guys, we're going to develop a slide scanner that will be give one big high definition image of your whole drop of blood. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, they're cloning. If they're cloning something, one drop has all the information. My clone should have my broken collarbone and my attitude. And we yeah. can look at your blood. We can tell you if you're a tight ass. You know what I mean? There's so many things we see. If you look at this one here, this is my knee that someone fell on my knee at a concert. So this is physical. This is an anatomy book picture. And there's my damn knee. Okay. So oh, that's can... important to explain too that you mentioned it's capillary blood. Only one red yes. cell can come out of the capillary at a time. Anything larger than that on the screen, well, that's a hand. Anything larger than that is a hologram. If that was physically in your bloodstream, you would have stroked out and died. Yeah. Right. So these are holographic images, is what they are. This could not have come out of your capillary blood. So people are showing these images, right, of these big structures that they're calling graphene or hydrogel. It's not physical. Okay. It cannot have come out of that one drop of blood. So they're either frauds or they're incompetent at that point in time. But very important the holographic images are, it's very similar to echolocation. So, you know, the bat or the dolphin throws out the energy field, it bounces off a disturbance, and then they get an imprint of the disturbance field. And that's how a hologram is created, by splitting the beams. And that's what the dark field microscope does, is it splits the beams. A light field microscope, the light goes directly through the sample. So it's an important distinction. These things here cannot be physically present in your blood. You would have had a stroke. These are holograms. Yeah. Can you just describe, I mean, you went through a couple of pictures just for a listening audience, like what, what's sure. on the picture? This is, there's a picture of a person's hand, which you can't tell, but he had just broken his hand. And this was the image we got in the blood after that. It looks like a broken hand. Now, this image will show up repeatedly until the issue gets fixed. So, so this, this hologram would be consistent for every drop of blood which you would take? Something yeah. along this line, yes. Until... Yeah, it'll be the same patterns. Yeah, unless, the, unless the issue gets resolved, they can come back two weeks later. If the same problem is there, the same pictures will show up. They're always well, a little different. Yep. What if you have like multiple issues? Like, will, will like your knee show up in the same picture? Would the spine show up in the same picture? Would your testicles show up in the picture, you know? Yeah, you know, there's always one event that sets us off center, right? And then other things can com compound on top of that. So you need to track it back to that one event. And that's where the patterns start to fall into place. So if I see a giant platelet, which means there's a lot of trapped inflammation, then I see a scar next to it in the uterus, then I know there was probably maybe a hysterectomy was done. There was some sort of surgery done that was causing the issue. So you have to track it back to that one event. And that was kind of the genius of what my, my father did. Those are the puzzle pieces. And let me just do these last couple images. Those are the puzzle pieces. We look at a drop of your blood. It's all there. And it all makes sense. And there's a dominant focus. So the holographic principle, like the brain storing information in different places, we're going to see 12. I look at when I do the blood, I'm a technician. So I get the blood for Josh and he creates the reports. I look at a drop of your blood, I get 80 to 100 something pictures, 150 pictures maybe. He goes through and then he sees there's 20 of this. There's 20 of this. There's a dominant focus. It's like your body saying arm, spine, scar, all of it. Do you get it? Do you get it? And it really makes sense in the end of this. Um, to show you these last couple of pictures to stop the screen sharing, right side, we have a, an x-ray of the spine and the left side, this is the person's blood. Those are air pockets on the left and right side, and you're seeing cartilage and mm -hmm. vertebrae. That's in the blood. Are those COVID crystals, Adam? Shut mm -hmm. up. Uh, <laughs> over here, this is, I mean, this matches anatomy book. This is yeah. a broken femur, you know. Um, 
We see scars because scars are pulling the body out of alignment. Scars are a physical and energetic block. This one was a dental implant. This image showed up and my dad said, that doesn't look human. That looks unnatural. That looks like a dental implant. And the patient said, I have an implant that's killing me. The person got the implant removed and the image started to dissipate in the blood. And guess what? Symptoms started to go away magically. Interesting. So wild. We see worry cells, okay? These are these have been in uh, what's whose? Enderline's book since the 1920s, Josh? Is that right? Yep. You will see a very, very well-known person sharing these images for two years now saying that this is graphene, okay? If this is graphene, which is a new experience in the blood, why have we seen these for 25 years, okay? Besides the fact, guys, graphene is everywhere. It's like fecal matter. Graphene's in my wetsuit, you know? They advertise that. So whatever. Um, but these are worry cells, which align with... They were um, documented over 100 years ago, and people are calling them... Very well-known people doing live cell analysis are calling it graphene. So once again, they're either incompetent or they're liars. People jump to conclusions so quickly, and then all of a sudden things spread like wildfire on the internet. It's kind of... It's so irresponsible. It yeah. is so... Well, this is the three filters we talked about. I did a little public service announcement recently. I'm doing some fun videos with Brandon Murphy. We'll share with you guys. Um, Socrates three filters. Listen, people, if you come across information and you do not know it to be a hundred percent true, you don't share it and you don't listen to it. All right. Right there. There's so many things here that are inconsistent. If people didn't share it, there'd be a lot less fear. If you don't know if it's true, don't share it. If it's not good information, don't share it and don't listen to it. And if it's not useful, don't share it and don't listen to it. Why do we want to hear anything that we don't know is true? It's not good and not useful. Yeah. Or at least like, if you're going to share something, have a disclaimer like, hey, I'm in the beginning stages of doing yes. some research. These are some things I saw. Don't take my word for it. Continue your exploration. Use discernment, et cetera, et cetera. Please. And share it with people like us. You know, yeah. we, I, you guys, I mean, I had information I found out. I saw those stupid microchips they were sharing and the micro technology. Uh, I'm not going to mention names, but I probably should. Um, people, images you've seen. And I shared my images with people. And I said, look, I've seen the same thing in stem cells in exosomes, in urine, in saliva, in tears. This is not microtechnology, nanotechnology. This is salt. It's saline. It's the medium. And no one listened. Actually, some people that you know gave me shit and made me feel like an ass. And what happened eventually was, uh, it was nice. One day, Andrew Kaufman stood up for me and uh, said it out loud. He said, you know what? I have images, uh, Adam, uh, Adam Biggleson, I have images from Adam Biggleson that are the same, and it's salt. And what I said to Andrew, as I said, I can show you this glass of water and tell you it's water, but how do you know it's not gin or vodka? So anyone sharing microscopic images and making any claims about anything, which we're not, should not be listened to. That's right? with the dark field microscopes, you cannot see nanoparticles. No. Right? You cannot see nanoparticles with a dark field microscope. So mm -hmm. um, people are making these ridiculous claims, nanoparticles in your blood with a live cell microscope. Adam's like, it's salt. I took a drop, I make a sauerkraut. The same patterns were there. This is not nanotechnology, it's salt. Yeah. Remember How the, much is the dark? Oh, Joel. Uh, Joel. Yeah. I was gonna say, remember the magnetic bodies in the vaxxed population where people like magnetizing oh. metal objects to their bodies? Dude, and you'll laugh, get this. We, I analyzed the Pfizer vaccine, okay, for a well-known group. And as we did it, this is hilarious, okay? Uh, we're in Mexico and we've got this and I have a video I can share. It's 20 minutes where I show you us taking it out. You know, we've got the gloves on. You don't see my face and we're putting it on. I have multiple camera angles. So there's no, no bullshit right to the damn microscope. 
and we're looking at it and there's so much crap in there, guys. There are things definitely bigger than red cells that can clog vessels. So yes, heart issues, not a, not a problem with that. Unknown stuff, wow, the closest substance we found to what we saw in that vial was dishwashing detergent, okay? And as we looked at this, we'd got the magnet, we got the magnet out. And I went over to the microscope and whoa, everything moved. Everything moved. Oh my God, we got chills. We're, like, we're gonna go viral. I don't know, I can't handle that. Um, we did it a few times. And then I went home later and I thought, you know what? Something's weird. And I did it again, I did it again, and then I realized the fucking magnet, excuse my language, people, was magnetizing the arm touching the slide. <laughs> and I could have shared that information. Yep. And it would have gone crazy. And the and bottom line is, looking at it, we have no idea what's in it. We can't tell you what's in it. And neither can any dark field person out there. Okay? No. You, you can't analyze that with a dark field microscope. All they're going to do is come up with guesses. Right. Let's do a couple but of Whatever's pictures. in it, isn't probably in my best interest, was all I knew. <laughs> no. Move on past those, Adam. Yeah, I think we've done enough pictures, unless you got a couple good ones at the end. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> worries. So, so we see emotions, uh, older emotions get more crystallized. Bottom right one's actually in the shape of a liver. So this is anger. Pancreas. Or pancreas, thank you. The other one was liver. Uh, the colorful emotions, top left is, that's end-stage liver cancer. Red is uh, irritation. Blue is the shock to the central nervous system. The black is necrotic tissue. What we would say is there's no energy getting through it. So these are things we've seen over and over. Those are ones that get labeled by most live cell people as heavy metal toxicity. So here's your chelation and your heavy metal you know, supplements, basically. <clears throat> now, we're being, we're being bombarded by who knows what every single day of our lives here. Yeah. Right? Your body's naturally going to clean it out. If you have areas of stagnation, that's where it's going to deposit. Doing a detox is not going to help remove that barrier. Okay, you've got a dam on the river. That's where the garbage is going to sit. <clears throat> yeah. So you remove the barrier, you let the body clean itself. But the heavy metal detox is a big thing these days, and they're missing the whole point. Yeah, we're being bombarded by crap every day. If the body's healthy, it's going to clean it out on its own. Right. And the last ones here, guys, we see organs in the blood, but the organ is never the cause. Typically, it's the result. Lungs will show up because of grief issues. Mm. You know, dad's conclusion was chronic disease is a thousand percent triggered emotionally, but there's a lung in the blood. We've seen this a lot. The colon. Uh, Whoa. This person, yeah. And this person we could actually tell had to go to the, still had to go to the bathroom. So crazy. It is. There's dad would say there's no secrets in the blood. It's all. So is it, is it like oh. your consciousness? Like this is where I'm trying to figure out how this okay. image is yeah. showing up. It's like right. your consciousness is, is being shown through <laughs> blood. It's, it's, it's very simple, actually. It's, and this one, the kidney one is like, this one, come on, this matches the damn anatomy book. Just, just, just for those listening, like there are super, super clear images of, you know, these organs being a kidney or a lung, like in, indisputable showing up in hologram form in, in the yeah. blood. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy when it happens and it happens all the time. I mean, we question ourselves, like what, once dad left here, we were like, what are we doing and then these things show up, and it's amazing what we've learned. We're, we keep learning all the time with this, right? Now, here's how it works. You guys know this. Everything, everything vibrates at its own frequency, all matter, right? So at this point, in our bodies, we have different tissue, different organs. Everything vibrates at its own frequency. If something is out of balance, it changes the frequency, and now we have a disturbance field, an interference field. If everything does what it's supposed to do, it's a beautiful symphony. If something is an interference field or a disturbance field, that's how holograms are made. 
You're splitting a beam and you're taking a picture of a refraction, which is an interference field. So we have a frequency in the body. And like Josh said, it's like bats and dolphins. Something is off with the kidney and the frequency is literally visible. This is, and to me, guys, this is where it's crazy. This cannot physically be present, like Josh said, but as it leaves your body, the blood, this is energy becoming physically manifested in the form of your body's, what it's concerned about right at the moment. This is your body trying to tell you. Right now, the things we've seen, we see holograms, guys, and the white cells, they, they move towards it in the blood as we watch. And I just got a video, I sped it up, and these white cells come and they surround the hologram. What that means is right now, your body is working on that. Like right now, the things that are happening in our body are amazing. Our, our lymphatic system is like this alien technology that is, everything is trying to help us survive. Everything. Even when we have cancer, it's our body working for us in some way, shape, or form. And nature we, evolves through symbiosis. I don't believe there's anything antagonistic in nature. And this is what we have to get away from. You know, dad talked about one of our great faults in history was following Darwin and survival of the fittest, right? So I'm stronger than you, then I win. So we've got wars on cancer, wars on drugs, wars on terrorism, and it's all combative. Whereas we teach the work of Jean-Baptiste Lamarck, who preached everything evolved through symbiosis. So we're supposed to be living symbiotically with the earth, which we're still not, we're not doing. We're supposed to live symbiotic with people, which we're not doing. Nature does not evolve through antagonism. It evolves through symbiosis. It's very, very important, which a lot of us understand but that's not how society is created these days can i can i ask this question because you know obviously you learned through from german mds i guess your dad was impacted by german uh doctors um did, have you ever come across the work of dr hammer like german new medicine and like looked at because i'm so curious like looking at pictures of the brain and how that shows like what rel relays cause adaptations in the body and then looking at the blood it just seems like they would go hand in hand in some in some way i'm, I'm not sure yeah, well, we teach Hammer's work. Hammer's work is part of my dad's book. And he talked about the theory of conflict shock, where there's a heavy tra traumatic emotion that happens and it actually short circuits the nervous system. So the yeah. same images he would read on the brain scans, we see in the blood. So amazing. And yeah. those same images that we see in the blood, they see on the brain scan, people are calling graphene. <laughs> no, it's an emotional shock to the system is what it is. So Hammer's work with, with, the, with the conflict shock, a lot of it is based on old um, Eastern philosophy. You know, a lot of the acupuncturists in the Eastern philosophy have talked about the emotions, but he really pinpointed it and really read it physically on the brain, which is just awesome. Well, and that's what I love, even with like looking into the blood or, or looking at the CT scan of the brain is that like a lot of people with health, they talk, they speak very generally. But I think like pinpointing and finding these images really bring a level of specificity beyond just like, oh, you have a symptom. Oh, you're, you're, your body's detoxing. Like, but then like different people have symptoms in different ways. And so just to throw the detox label on everything, I just think again, yeah. is just like, is lazy. Yes, absolutely. And, and we never did detoxes in our clinic. No. You support the body. You get the organs to clean themselves. You don't force the body to clean. The body well, doesn't and, like to be forced to clean. And, and if you want works, to do a detox, so. then you get it from your food, basically. You don't get it from a pill bottle. Mm. And the way it works, guys, if you picture the river and the river flows and then a twig falls on the edge of the river, debris accumulates. Now, we can cleanse and detox that debris. But we can get rid of the damn twig. OK, now the way the body works is you have a scar. All right. And the scar is tissue that's pulling and constricting. So it pulls you. Now you have a strain pattern. All right. Now that puts pressure on something in the body 
based on your unique experience. I have a scar here. It pulls this way and it puts pressure on my liver. As a result, I have anger issues and I have problems with liver experience. Maybe I get towards uh, hepatitis or something like that. All right. Now, everyone will have something that's pulling them somewhere and putting pressure on something. I mean, scars, we all have a scar. We all have the birth scar. And in the United States, the belly button, it's attached to the ligaments attached to the roof of the diaphragm and the pubic symphysis. And when you're born, they pull it out and it's like a drawstring. It pulls you down, pulls your pubic symphysis up and they cut it close. So you have this pretty little belly button, an innie. I think that's the medical term, right? As you grow up, it continues to pull. And when you're about 12 or 13, there's enough pressure on the liver, so that backs up, and then you have mononucleosis. This is like clockwork. It's and like we clockwork. see it on history form. Mononucleosis is a direct result of your birth, mm -hmm. and it's a direct result of the belly button, the umbilical cord being tied off too tight. So as we get taller and taller, we go through our growing phase, the diaphragm continues to pull down from the umbilical ligament onto your liver. Your liver starts to back up, and this is what they call mononucleosis. It, it is not yeah. transmittable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it's incredible because, again, obviously we talked about the impact emotions could have, but then a physical trauma like that's going to have the impact that it has on you know your body. Sure. Well, that's, that's, that's really important. There. I'm going to jump in here. That's sure. really important there because nothing in life is, is an accident. Everything happens for a reason. You bump your head, it, there, there's, there's a message behind it. So the emotions set us up for who we are. It sets us up for the injury as well. So we see a big problem with scars a lot of the time. There's a physical problem with the scar. But the emotion behind what created that scar will dictate how much of an issue that scar is for you. Mm -hmm. So we tell the story a lot that I had a client, they got a lot better after a few months, you know, maybe 80 or 90% better. He knew he was missing something. And he tracked it back to when they were seven or eight years old, the, the girl stepped on a rusty nail. She had to get a tetanus shot. The parents held her onto the table while the doctor gave her the shot. So she felt like she was being attacked by the doctor and the parents weren't there to protect her. And all of that emotion was stuck in that scar, right? So the emotion has now become a physical problem. So you don't treat the emotion. You don't treat the emotion. You treat the physical and then it can release the emotion. So he treated that scar, everything turned around for him. So it's a very important distinction there. Emotions do set up all of our sickness, but once it becomes physical, you work on the physical to release the emotional. So like, how do you guys work on the physical? Yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, we used to have a lot of clinics over the years. So um, we always incorporated a lot of osteopathic work. So there was a physical, a physical, actual hands-on physical work that was going on. Scars need to be treated. So we would do injections of these isopathic remedies. So we would inject waste products from germs into the scar and it would regenerate the scar. At the same time, because needles going into your body, the body goes into sympathetic mode, thinks it's being attacked. We do body work. So that relaxes the body. So you release the scars, you align the body, then you let the body take care of itself. So it's just like a car. The car is out of alignment. It doesn't matter what kind of gasoline you put into it. It's not going to drive straight. So we remove the blocks, we align the body, let the body take care of itself. So very simplistic. Now, without the clinics, we don't do injections, of, of course, anymore. We don't even treat people anymore. A lot of people are, are experimenting with essential oils and things like that to break down scar tissue. Sound therapy, we use sounds to actually break down scar tissue. The key to it, though, is that scar has a heavy emotional component to it. So you have to be aware about what you're opening up. I work with some doctors in Seattle who I won't mention, and the blood would say, the hysterectomy scar needs to be worked on. And he would come out and say, oh, well, there was a gallbladder scar too. I treated that and the kidney scar. Now the person's freaking out on the table having a healing crisis. 
Mm. The body wasn't ready to release all that emotion. It was telling us what emotion it was ready to release. Well, and dad told right? us. So, yeah, dad told it us. Told that. It told it. gave you the answer, right? But then the doctor had to play God, and now we've got a healing crisis. The healing crisis is not a good thing. We've been taught that it's a good thing. The healing crisis happens when the doctor doesn't know what they're doing, or they're pushing the wrong buttons, or too many bu- too many buttons. You treat people as hard as you can underneath their aggravation level. So it's hard to make it simple. You figure out where the blocks in the body are. You remove the blocks. You align the body. Let the body take care of itself. It's very very simplistic. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I come from a bodywork background as well. I mean, I've been into health in a lot of different areas for a while. My body works rooted in Chinese meridian theory. And so much of, of what I talk about is what you guys just said. It's like, you know, we got to bring a body from stagnation to a place to flow, you know, and there's blockages in the meridian channels and, and flow of energy. And so when we support that process, you know, a lot of times things get resolved and there's, there's energy that comes up to the surface, emotion that comes up to the surface. But I love what you said, because this healing crisis is an ideal. You you want to titrate if you can, you know, and like people try to do this intense thing and I think it can cause more damage in, in, in the long run. Yeah, the Absolutely. body doesn't like Absolutely. to be pushed, which is the thing. And what dad said about body work and structure, he said he combined the three divine philosophies, osteopathy, which he got from Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey was not into chiropractors, nothing abrasive, but a lot of chiropractors today are evolving and doing different things. But osteopathy acupuncture, which is then the electrical experience of the body, brings emotions into, and then he said homeopathy, but changes to homotoxicology. But what he also said was, as a doctor, he never learned about the structure of the body. That was two extra years after your seven years of medical school to become an osteopath. So they don't even understand it. And how many people, Josh, that came to our clinic, heart issues, kidney issues, they've been around the world to all the specialists, and they come to us, we look at the blood, we don't see the heart, we don't see the kidney. We see the structures out of alignment. We mm-hmm. align the body, which takes pressure off the heart and pressure off the kidney, and their condition goes away. Well, when you take, yeah. your, car, you take your car to get aligned, you know, so you got to take your body to get aligned too. And, you know, the, the, the herbalist and homeopath of 100 years ago was dealing with different things then than we're dealing with now. They weren't dealing with train wrecks and car accidents and these force impacts that people have on their body. So they could live off the land much easier. Now, the, it, the impact of society physically is so intense that we need a little more manual manipulation well, than we used to. Well, well, yeah, no, I agree. And also just like when you think about back in days versus now, I mean, the stresses that we're dealing with, we're sitting more, we're not as mobile, we're wearing shoes more. So how does that impact us? How is our posture being distorted by all these new psychological things that we're navigating, the new stresses and getting further away from a natural world. Like I have friends that that work in, you know, the more, uh, I guess, manual therapy or even friends of mine that are functional patterns and practitioners that are all about biomechanics and, 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 and supporting you to fix your posture. When their posture gets more optimal, you know, their anxiety goes away, their digestion issues are go away and all this stuff happens. So it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting how things have, have come even like you said shoes the invention of the shoe has to be the worst thing that ever happened in society or or, or one of the worst things yeah okay now we're seeing these big heels you know and i'm wearing these barefoot shoes now too but i think the invention of the shoe is partially why people can't keep their wisdom teeth in their mouth anymore hmm. all right Interesting. so yeah. you've got the heel is, is always risen on shoes these days so the heel is is higher than the path you know the, the, the front of the foot right so what it's doing is tilting the body forward and now the head's tilting back and you're putting extra pressure on the wisdom teeth, and you're starting to to create bruxism, basically. 
So I think part of the invention of the shoes is actually leading us to losing our wisdom teeth. It affects the whole structure of your body. We see it these days. These people have these tiny little asses that tuck in and these huge bellies. And we've, we've become these plodding oafs walking around. <laughs> yes, we need the barefoot you know? shoes, you know? Yeah, yeah. I hear but you, man. A simple invention. We're, now we're disconnecting from the ground and from the earth, you know, but it's affecting the posture. It's affecting the structure of our body. Yep. In terms of like roll-on effects of scar pressure, it also brings to mind like birth trauma, you know, C-sections, episiotomies, you know. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, C-sections are interesting because the woman, the woman has a lot of issues with the C-section scar. We see that very common. There's weight issues. It's an energetic block right in the middle of the system. Yeah. And then the babies that don't go through the birth canal is a whole different experience too. You know, it's the mother's it's the mother's contractions that pump the baby's diaphragm when it's coming out because the baby's diaphragm isn't strong enough to pump it on its own. So when you're born by cesarean, then the baby comes out essentially not knowing how to breathe. You have to teach that person how to breathe later on in life. Yeah, the episiotomies, God, they're a nightmare, you know, and they're not always causing issues. So I'm sorry if people have had episiotomies. They don't always cause issues. But if they throw in what they call the daddy stitch to make mm. it extra tight down there, that's affecting their hormones dramatically. It is really these little Dramatic. things, guys. Yeah, it's these little what, things. What is the daddy stitch? I've never heard of that before. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, oh, okay, you can explain it. <laughs> no, you go, for, go for it. <laughs> well, no, I, I think it's called different things, but it's like during the birth process, the the, it, the vagina tears a bit, and so they put the scar in so the vagina stays tight, I guess. Is that why it's called the daddy stitch? Yep. We've even heard doctors tell the patient that they put an extra stitch for the dad. Fuck. Oh, got you. You know, just another way that they're playing with Mother Nature. And that's one thing dad said is you never, you never mess with mother nature. Too many practitioners, traditional alternative are playing with your hormones. He never treated hormones. You never treat them directly. You take pressure off the glands and the organs that produce the hormones. Okay. Now you've got the bioidentical hormones and you've got these IUDs and things like that. And they're playing with mother nature. And then we wonder why people are having such hormonal issues these days. Well, and let me guys say, having low testosterone, because that's what happens when you get older. But here's your testosterone supplement. So we got 50-year-olds acting like they're 12, mm. going through puberty again. <laughs> well, you know? let me mention let me mention the IUD real quick. You know, uh, the few things we ever say about viruses, this is an interesting one. Uh, dad had a case, hepatitis. And as he looks at the blood, he sees massive inflammation. Obviously, he sees liver, and then he sees her IUD. And as dad, the medical detective, what's an IUD designed to do? It's designed to create inflammation. So he says to the woman, how long have you had that? She's had it for seven years. She's had inflammation for seven years trapped in her body, right? Dad said, well, whatever the deal is, your body doesn't like the IUD. So she took out the IUD and her hepatitis went away. So here's the deal. Is it that a virus attacks the liver and now you have hepatitis inflammation or is it that you have inflammation which causes symptoms that they label as hepatitis trapped inflammation trapped inflammation yeah the inflammation is the issue it's not a virus so iud and there's one virus we can chalk off the list not that everyone that has hepatitis had an iud mm -hmm. but there's an inflammation of the liver issue you know and some of these things i was looking up edgar casey stuff the other day it's interesting he was talking about diabetes in the spine uh, I'm going to start to read more of these things. You know, for people just yeah. to observe their own patterns is important. And don't think you're crazy when you make a connection, you know, that makes sense. I had had this happen one day and then, you know what? Then I had these headaches and things like that. I mean, the cranial pump, sacral pump, we fall on our butt, we get a headache. It's all connected. Everything is connected. Yeah. Can I, I want to ask this question because uh, I think it was 2004. I was in Greece uh, staying at this place on the island of Corfu and I walked through a glass door. 
and it shattered and came up. I have a, I have a scar that came right across my nose. It fell down and right here and, and one here. Like, so what would you do? Like, again, I don't know exactly what maybe what issues I'm dealing with because of that, but like, what would you do to go, Hey, like, how can we support the the healing of that scar? Cause it might be impacting you in some way. Well, it depends. So that the key is, you know, what led to that injury in the first place? How, what was going on in your life in the year or two preceding that? Was was life good? Um, was yeah. it a tough time in your life? Well, that, it was 5 a.m. in the morning at a backpacker's hostel, and I just finished like five hours of drinking, you know, and then I just wasn't paying attention. But true. yeah. Life, that's just the injury. But something emotional had to lead to that injury. Huh. Interesting. Okay, so we always tell people to go back in, in their history. You know, usually, usually a year or two, preceding the injury or the surgery, there's something pretty major that happens. Maybe you lost your job, maybe a bad breakup, things like that. So we've seen people with some pretty nasty scars, but there's a very light emotional component to it. Well, I mean, I left, I left, I left my whole, like I switched my entire life path from what I was initially going to do after college into a much more alternative realm. And then I, you know, I went to Greece just as a little like mini sabbatical. So, I mean, it was a big transitionary stage in my life. So that's interesting. Yeah. What what about, for example, like circumcisions? Like obviously there's no emotional history of the baby leading to that scar. There, That's a great question. And actually there is. Um, We're we're not religious, but we were born Jewish and we didn't know that in Judaism, they do a bris, which is very different Mm -hmm. than a circumcision, which I did not know that until recently. Um, So with with a bris, they just pick up some skin, they clip it, that's it. The baby goes, ah, and, and you're good. So my friend worked with us, a cranial person in the clinic for years. And he says, you know, you guys talk so much about scars. He says, I decided that I had to treat my circumcision scar. And he was angry for a week afterwards, pissed off. <laughs> and I'm like, what's, what's the big deal? He's like, you don't know what a circumcision is, do you? And he showed me videos, right? And mm. it's freaking barbaric. They're, I'm not going to talk about it, but it's barbaric. They're filleting things is what they're doing. Yeah, we've done episodes. And, yeah. yeah, well, yeah we've done and, episodes. and he's like, I was just a kid. Yeah. How could they well, do that to me? Well, and when we saw the scar from the eight-year-old is one thing. Now, put yourself, you're a, you're a, an infant, a child, you're young, you know, you're absorbing everything, and now you've just been butchered. Well, yeah, you're two days old in most cases. Yeah, the body yeah. just knows that this is not right. Like, that's one of the, the first thing they do is, there's a book called Birth Without Violence, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. they pull you out, and they smack you, and they shine light in your eyes, and this is how they train bulls for bullfighting. They keep them in the dark for two weeks and let them into the light right in the ring. And they go crazy. So you got a baby, they shine the light in its face, they smack it, um, they'll vaccinate it, they'll circumcise it. Like we're born into this fear experience and we see so much related to the belly button, birth scar, even dad noticed autism uh, patterns with seventh month of pregnancy. When people are pregnant, they're going through these emotionally traumatic experiences and the children are affected by it. That's a result. You know, so the scarring is interesting, though, too. As you say that, Erasmus, your scar, a big scar may not even show up in the blood if it's not a consequence. We've seen mm-hmm. little scars with huge consequences and big scars that didn't have the emotional experience to it. And we did say, see a lot, like Josh said, where the accident waiting to happen. We can take a, a timeline and look at all your health issues. And if you look at all your emotional issues, traumatic issues in general, life issues, they line up and they proceed almost every time. So you're going through a life change, right? It's an emotional thing. It's affecting your energy. It's a spiritual change. And you had a physical experience as a result of that. This is, we, Josh, at one point, they figured out why the guy drove his motorcycle off the cliff. I had a car accident 
And it was, you know, I'm, I need to slow down. And you hit your head and you stop and you go, okay, stop. And you listen a little bit, you know, and the universe was telling you your life needed to change. You did something, something. Well, physical. and then the children are different. You know, the, the one osteopath I went to wouldn't treat you over the age of 12 because he didn't want to deal with your adult shit. <laughs> right. So when the kid gets sick, it's a lesson for the parents. So, you know, well, like you bumped your head, you, you know, you cut your head up. That was something that you created on your own. You know, two day old didn't create getting circumcised. Yeah. Right. That that's that's straight on coming from the parents. It's coming from the society at that point in time. So there's a different emotional component to it. You know, you're being attacked. It was not something you created. As we get older, we create our illness. When you're that young, you don't create your illness. And you have to track it back to what created it in the first place. So yeah, long, you know, to make a long answer short, yeah, circumcisions, we've seen them cause some some interesting episodes with people physically and emotionally. Yeah. And, you know, it's obviously a controversial issue for some, but um, so when you say you treat someone, so let's say like someone that's like 30, 40 years old is like, yo, I think I have some issues because this happened to me on day two of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're, you're talking about working with the body, but like, is there something else that you would do? I mean, am I just going to come in there and like pull my pants down? But like, hey guys, like, like fucking help me Probably. out. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. The way we, the way we used to do it was actually very simple. You know, so we used very few remedies. We didn't give you supplements. The remedies we used were Enderlines remedies. So they were, yeah, the waste products of bacterials and fungals. So we would, we were doing injections into scars or blocked areas to regenerate the area. And then we were combining osteopathy with it. So it was very simple. The, the, the isopathic remedies were great because they're very regenerative. Okay. So you're adding the waste product, you're adding the nutrients into the body and it's not formed to the body. So the body knows what to do with them and they grow. They're growing in certain areas and doing what needs to be done. So, yeah, it sounds simple and it, and it really was. So, yeah, you came into the office, dad would look at your blood, right? They would do some injections with some of these isopathics, do some osteopathic work. He'd look at your blood immediately afterwards. If the blood didn't change, he knew he wasn't getting the job done. So when you came to his clinic, you were charged one fee. You weren't charged for the treatment. You were, char- you were charged for the result. Right. And the reality- very, very, very simplistic. You got a scar, which is an energetic and physical restriction, right? So that's pulling you. So we release the scar. Then you've got the physical component. So we align that. And then we talk about the emotions getting locked in physically. So now we've just addressed you physically, energetically, and emotionally. That's why the osteopathic work or the body work was so important because we would release the emotion and the osteopath would help them release it physically. Without yeah. without the actual you know healing crisis, yeah. very important. We would, we would educate you and explain so you understood spiritually. So this was a full on four body holistic integrative experience. Very simple. So so now that your you know your father's not around, like how is this happening in terms of like you know helping people through these issues? You know who's doing the injections? Are you guys doing that? Are you just doing research? Like I'm just curious. Like if someone wanted to work with you or the things you're talking about, they're like, whoa, I feel like sure. I don't want to experience that. Yeah, it's it's a great question these days. It's very frustrating. I, I had you know I talk with Bear Lando a lot about this. Um, yeah, right now we're there to educate people on how the body works, to give them information. The goal is, you know, we used to gear towards practitioners. The goal is now to work with people so we can educate them so they don't get sick in the first place. So they don't have to go to their doctors. We have nobody right now that we can endorse as far as doing work on the person. Gotcha. Bear says the same thing. The practitioners whether traditional or alternative, they're still using the allopathic model of treating the symptom. So it's very difficult for us. So we educate people, okay, this scar is the problem, you know, and and this part of your spine is out of alignment. We then point them towards acupuncture and osteopaths or cranial workers. Gotcha. Right. So, but yeah, we physically don't do the treatments anymore. 
We don't know people who really do the treatments anymore in the way that we would endorse. This Very has been yeah. frustrating. Yeah, because we got results. We got results with everything from AIDS to zits. I mean, A to Z. And then what we do is look at Bud. We give some this awesome report and we do the reports. We do them in uh, the United States. We can do them because we get the blood in the mail within 24 hours. I'm starting to do it in Mexico a little bit. We've had someone set up in Spain. It's a little dysfunctional, but we're trying to get microscopes everywhere so we can get blood from people to, to Josh. Now, as we do that, we educate you. Yep, you've got a scar, you've body work. But then we've, what we've done is we've known practitioners that have had the tools, but they didn't use them the right way. And it was like, you know, we're not here with this ego. We're not here to work with people with egos. We need sometimes just the technician. Here's the report, just this. That's it. And it's interesting because the more educated the practitioner, the more they want to put their two cents in, which is great. Mm. But at the same time, I didn't ask you for your input. You know, I mean, we've sent people for body work and then they're doing family constellation therapy. That's, you know, spiritual and, and physical. Just do the physical damn work. You know, we send him to a, someone to do the scar therapy and the guy says, oh, he treated all the scars. Well, the body didn't want all the scars treated. It wanted this scar treated. So we need, though, guys, we do need some sort of network of people as we're starting to teach. We have a 13-week course that's going to be available again in September, and you can probably sign up anytime and get to the content. But our important part is teaching the philosophy and theory behind what we do before anyone starts playing with a microscope. And you can get microscopes. Most of them these days are not geared for what we do because they're all geared for live blood analysis, which does not pay attention to the plasma like we do. There's a lot of things they don't care about. So the microscopes have changed based on the market. So right now, I think I have a guy that has the right microscopes. And as soon as I can test one, we'll tell people and we gotta, we're training technicians. You can have one. You can get blood from your family and all your friends. And you can get it to Josh and we'll do the report. And then I'll get on with you and explain what's going on. We want to educate people so you don't have to go to your doctor. And just because we don't have the practitioners to, to work with us, we don't want people to think there is no hope. And your right. background's in body work. And you know, like when I go to see my osteopath, I don't have to tell him what's in the blood. He'll mm -hmm. put his hands on me and he'll, he'll tap right into it. So that's why we love the body workers. Whether yeah. they're an osteopath or a cranial person, the right body worker can put their hands on your body and figure out where the issue is. Yeah, and there's also, there's almost, there's more subtle work too, like somatic experiencing based on Peter Levine's work that really allows allows a person to kind of discharge some of the sympathetic stress that's, st that's stored in the body that leads to some healing as well. So yeah, there is stuff out there, but I, I just love what you guys are all about, man. It's really, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's really cool. Um, and I, I want to ask you this, do you find that people that haven't gone so deep into, let's say, higher education learning, they're the ones that are more open to this and want to totally. learn it? Totally. I never went to college. You know, dad yeah. said it was easy for me. Because nobody taught me the wrong way of doing things. I, I, I didn't know any better. He taught me. It just made sense. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The hardest part is to have to untrain what people have learned. And we found a lot of that in Seattle where we work with a lot of these naturopaths. And what we were teaching went, went against their education. Mm -hmm. Right. So now they've got a $200,000 you know, student loan yeah. and their education is wrong. And the majority of them didn't want to hear it. Yeah. yeah, it's really ironic that it's, it's like, well, I like my practitioner. Well, they're not getting results. Take them out for dinner, but go see somebody else. You yeah. know, you shouldn't have to see people forever. And it really is. Dad said health is simple. We can educate people and you can take more accountability for your health and be more of a part of it. And someone like you, if you have if you have something you do with people, I use the tuning forks, you know, I, the acutonics I like and 
I have Eileen's tuning forks as well mm-hmm. and the Cusick. Um, I like that stuff. If you can work with an acupuncturist who can do some needles with some scars and then you do some body work, now you have something else going on. Yeah. And really, guys, it's not, I mean, you know, dad was rich and he was unhappy. And the difference between being rich and living rich, it's not that I want to be rich, but I need some money to do some things. Definitely. Yeah, the micro, microscopes are about 10000 although I'd like the $30,000 one, but whatever. Um, at this point, though, it's really about us sharing this information because I want to live in a world with happy, healthy people. You know, and if you have some thoughts and you want to help people, dude, that was it. Dad, when he read Edgar Casey's readings and found out that after everyone, he recommended osteopathic body work. And with that, dad tried it with every case. So you get together with somebody that does something different and then you do a little body work and watch how that starts to work together. This is integrative. This is symbiotic. And this is what it's time to do. We need to regroup. We've been divided and conquered and we all need to regroup. Yeah. Amazing. Just quickly, is it easy to ship blood samples internationally? It's, it depends where you're at. Um, it's, yeah, it depends where you're at. What we found out is supposedly from the UK, you can get blood to Spain. Um, we just have to get our Spanish guy to be a little more consistent. Um, we do have a couple people in Australia that we're working with that ideally will be collection centers. Yeah, generally it needs to go from in-country to in-country. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So that is part of our goal is really getting a, a microscope design that we could have. Dad's goal was to have a microscope in every country. Yeah. yeah. Make it connect with everybody that way. Yeah. You know, with a student with a student I've got in Spain, I can look through Zoom and see what he's reading in his microscope. Josh, where are you based? Me? I'm yeah. roaming the earth right now looking for a place to live. Uh, <laughs> right now, I'm up in Auburn, you know, outside of Sacramento, California. But yeah, I, I am looking for a place to relocate with water and no fires. So I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And as we, as we get towards the end too, guys, I mean, we... Our dad didn't feel like he was heard a lot. And what he ended up doing was making a lot of noise, you know, and he did get in trouble for some of it. And he got in trouble for helping people. And what you can see with us is we're really excited about what we do. You know, um, I, sometimes I apologize for not letting people talk that interview us. We have a lot to share. You right. know, but, but it's a question of meeting people where they're at. You know, and these days, Josh and I, we have an online school of health. We do webinars two a month. We have guests. We have great. I mean, we know people. The patients that were my dad's patients, wow. Yeah, and they're coming out to tell their stories. And, and we're with like people like Lando, we're making connections. I have Anna, who's a, she's a nanobiotechnology person. And she's actually with Bruce Lipton and Joe Dispenza. We have really interesting people. And we're talking about some very solid, empowering educational things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not expensive. We just, we want to connect with people. So we're online, which is great. And at the same time, we're going to start to put together more retreat type experiences so we can actually be with people it's time to be with people you know and it's time for us to stop talking and really do things so well, it's time for people to start to understand how the body works and start to take control of their own health care yeah right? well, once you get educated on how it works you take control of it yourself then you don't have to rely on the outside influences yeah and i think the people that are more open to things like the work you're doing and other things out there they have to have radical self-responsibility. If not, they're just going to want the quick fix. Like, just fix me. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to change anything. I don't want to look inwards. I don't want to do shadow work. I don't want to fix my posture and get in shape, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss, right? And then that, yeah. that's, you can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. And what one of the yeah. last few years was a direct result of people not standing up for their own health care. Yeah. You know, dad took the bullet. 
He stood up for people's health healthcare rights. Yeah. What happened though is the people didn't stand up for themselves. So it should not be the practitioner's job to fight for the right for them to heal people. Right. The people should be out there fighting for the right of that practitioner to do their job. Yeah, I agree. Where can people find you? Like what's your website and all the other information that you want to share? We have we are the biglesonacademy.com. If you type up Biggleson, B-I-G-E-L-S-E-N, you'll find us. Um, you'll find us on Quackwatch. There's some great information there. We have nothing to hide, and we get a lot of business from Quackwatch. Get a lot of business kind of cool. from Quackwatch, actually. <laughs> yep, that's where all the good doctors are. Um, but there's a ton of stuff out there with Dad. You know, Dad was on Dateline in the '90s. He's on a couple episodes of Guy MTV, uh, interviews with George Norrie on Coast to Coast, and things like that. Um, there's a lot of information. Come to our website. There's we don't have a ton of information on our website. We're a little vague as as we have been yeah. attacked, and yeah. you know things like that. So, but we're accessible is our thing. We want to talk with people. We want to answer questions. We want to educate. We're very cautious about who we teach this work to. At the same time, if you get a microscope and start to get us blood, you can start to learn pretty easily because it ain't rocket science. I mean, as funny as it sounds, we used to say this, it's just so easy, this work, even Josh can do it. Um, But the reality is that Josh wasn't trained wrong. And these people have paid so much money. It's so valuable, their education. And unlearning is much harder than learning. Yeah, for sure. So Guys, we're, thank we're, you so, we're here. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. I want to just say this one thing uh, to end it off. I love how you speak about your father, you know? Like, it's so beautiful to see just like the, the, the respect that you have for him and how he's influenced your life and how this is like a family business and legacy. You don't see that a lot. And it's like, it's kind of getting me a little choked up because it's, it's really sweet, you know, like not a lot of people have that level of, of like respect for their parents. You know, we're all on our journey. I get that, but it's just nice to see two brothers, you know, I'm really close with my brother sit here, continuing on the legacy of their father and having impact on the world. And I, I just want to commend you both for that. Okay, yeah, our parents are heroes. That's for sure. It hasn't been easy. And dad, when, if, if you asked him when we were younger, he would say, uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he would say, ask us, do you want to be a doctor? And we'd say no. And he would say, good, because I would not let you. Do not do what I did. <laughs> he told me to never do what he does. He wanted yeah. me to be happy in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But he was, you know, he fought for his country in Vietnam and he fought against his country for health freedom. As far as yeah. I'm concerned, he's a true hero, you know, and it's, I mean, my, your father should be, it would be nice if everyone's father was their hero. But this guy did things for people. And if he could have treated everyone for free, he would have, you know, and right now it's really nice that people are learning who he was because there are so many people right now, guys, that would not be able to do what they're doing if it wasn't for what he did. And that's part of what we're doing is we're working so hard to protect the integrity of his work and his legacy. That's why you heard us get so angry with the live cell community, because it's a direct affront to my father's work and legacy. You know, mm-hmm. so it's so important for us, you know, and, you know, I always say it's when I'm talking about things. We talk about we and when I mean we, I mean me and Adam and 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 my dad and Antoine Bechamp and Lamarck and Steiner and Wilhelm Reich, all of these people, they can't be forgotten. OK, this work is so important. It has to be carried on. We you stand know? on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. And it's not our stuff, man. This is this came through, dad. This is up for us to share. Yeah, that's it. Guys, much love, much respect. Thanks for being here. Thanks for this conversation. And so everyone listening, we hope you got a lot of value out of it. Uh, and if you feel called, head to biglesonacademy.com and look into these guys, contact them and, you know, pull that thread. Till next time. Take care.
What's up, everybody? Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Um, you know, if you want to discuss this episode personally with us and continue the conversation behind the scenes, you know, you're more than welcome to become a member of our private membership community, Friends of the Truth. Uh, lots of awesome value was added there. And, you know, it's just a way for you to stay on the path of absorbing cutting edge knowledge and of your highest potential. So we'd love to meet you and connect should you feel the call and should you want to continue to support our work. Much love. Take care. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean. Fast forward in evolution to a place where we can share our confusion. Yeah, 450 BC, I'm sharing tea with confusion.